Shabbat on. Welcome to another episode of Ask a Jew, where a secular, sinful Israeli, that is me, Yael, speaks to her holy woman of a friend, um, the the queen of queens, Chaya Leah. Oh, Hi, yeah. Chaya Leah. Good morning. Happy um, Friday. Happy Friday. We are the Pam and Jim of Judaism. Um, <laughs> before you answer that, I, I, was, I learned on another podcast that you need to say at the beginning to like and subscribe to the podcast because that's when that's people true. still have their phones in their hands. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quickly. A good tip. <laughs> I know. I, I, I told you I stole it from another podcast, but I won't yes. name them because, you know, we, we don't need the competition. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so please please. Uh, subscribe to our podcast if you like it. And even if you don't like, what do you care? Just just do it. Um, you are the Pam to my gym, my dear. I am the um, Pam and you're the gym. So here's do, my question you know about, yeah, are? of okay. course, from the office. Okay. Yes. My question about Jim was like, I always liked him because as the, as like the audience, you're in on the inside joke with him and like mm-hmm. making fun of everyone. But like, and I would probably be the Jim in an office cause I dislike so many people, but he is kind of an asshole, isn't he? Oh, there's a whole theory that I think I subscribe to that Pam and Jim are the villains of the yeah. office. Okay, yeah. I kind of buy that in a way. And you know what? When they got together, they became so snooty. And then when, when she got pregnant, like, forget it. Yeah. She was like the classic, like, smug, obnoxious, <laughs> like, pregnant lady and then parents of, of a baby. It is so. It is such a funny show, and Michael Scott is just one of the greatest characters. I mean, the best. He's he's so clueless and unself aware, and it's so cringy, but it's funny. And all of us kind of know someone like that in the world. Yep. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it's amazing. Is there are there any Jews? Because I just I want to keep it topical. Are there any Jews on that show? Um. Hmm. Are any of them Jewish? No, I don't think there is. Hmm. Another another case of anti-Semitism <laughs> in Hollywood. Did you no, see but that email? <laughs> Did you see that email today from the DEI office of like, I think it was the University of Michigan, oh. where they're like, <laughs> we're committed to fight, you know, to increasing anti-racism and anti, you know, Asian Sexism. hate and anti-Semitism. <laughs> So happy to know. Yeah, because it's you know it's a double negative. You can't be anti anti Semitic. I like listen. I appreciate a full honesty. Like we're dedicated to increasing anti Semitism. Yeah, I yeah. In, I appreciate the forwardness of that. Yeah. Well, the head of not not to get uh, political all of a sudden, but the head of Amnesty International, I just saw something today, um, said something about how Israel shouldn't be a Jewish state. Yeah, I saw and that. somebody posted and said, "Well, at least the anti-Semitism is open now. I, I prefer it that way. <laughs> I, I, mean, I really do. It's easier. It's especially if you're like if you're not good at reading between the lines. <sighs> I, I don't want to be things easier. I know not to be hateful so early in the morning and so <laughs> in the first three minutes of our podcast, but Amnesty International is one of the worst organizations on the planet. Yeah, I mean, don't don't give them money. Do give not money give them other, money. Other places, They're there are plenty just, of people." doing good things um i know give them money not exactly plus they send a lot of mail and it's really annoying no they're the worst they're Um, the worst but it is um it is shabbat uh eve yes is it the eve eve of shabbat like what do you call the morning of shabbat no it's our shabbat Shabbat. friday's our shabbat yeah Yeah. preparing um which is a it's going to be a really really tough shabbat for me because i'm not drinking 
So. Why? Oh, you're doing sober March or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to be good. There's no good reason for it. Um, so you're so not drinking pre- anything. No. Well, I'm drinking like I mean liquids like well, water and coffee. <laughs> but I'm, I am yeah, going. I get that. <laughs> going out tonight, um, and That's I will so not funny. be consuming any alcohol. Um, so please pray for me. I'm praying uh, when for you, you right do now. Your, your Shabbat prayers when you when you pray for the people of Ukraine. Yeah, um, one of the things that has happened with this podcast, now we're on our 15th episode, is about once a week, I get a message from someone saying, is Yael single? I have a cousin, I have a friend, I have a nephew, <laughs> I have a brother. Um, so yeah, just letting cool. you know that I am I am weeding through all of the personal ads that are being sent my way for you. And the fact that this is the first time I'm hearing about it I know. means that probably <laughs> none of these people are attractive. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, this isn't The Bachelor. I'm not like asking for, you know, a full uh, or or The Bachelorette as it may be. But yeah, um, maybe you should um, be The Bachelorette. Are they all Jewish? Yes. Can you widen the net a little bit? No. I like like Mormons. I I am not setting you up with anyone who is not Jewish. Okay, no, but hear me out. Hear me out. I'm listening. If I end up marrying and having children with a non-Jewish guy, isn't that like a hybrid? Like, aren't we improving the breed? Like that, because I could have tall babies. Oh my god! I could have hairless like babies. <laughs> I could have babies without weird genetic mutations that Ashkenazi Jews have. <laughs> Yesterday, think of all the wonderful the, babies. One of the people that works for me. This is going to be a kind of an offensive joke. But one, of, <laughs> one of the people who works for me. Yesterday, we were talking about the story of Purim, and I was saying how the women who were coming to, you know, for like the beauty contest to like see if the king wanted to marry them, King Ahasuerus, um, they, it took them 12 months to prepare, you know, to meet the king. So my co worker, who is Persian himself, <laughs> said, Of course, have you seen how much hair we have? <laughs> of course, it took a year. So I, we had a good laugh. Not um, to be offensive to anyone, but yeah. It was although, funny. although I feel like L.A. and and like where you are and Persian Jews are like synonymous. Um, I was yeah. having I was met my friend um, a few weeks ago when I was in L.A. who's Persian Jewish and and, and gorgeous, and she shows uh, always shows like a photo of her when she was a baby and she was just like yeah. not an attractive baby. Uh, but a gorgeous young woman. I mean, personally, my ancestors from Eastern Europe were just stunners. <laughs> I mean, they were. <laughs> we have a picture of my great-great-grandmother. I mean, she has a full mustache. So I am not going to judge anyone. You know what? You know what? It's it's evolutionarily Jews evolved um, in those times to be unattractive. So they don't get um pillaged well, by that is quite the theory <laughs> that is quite the theory <laughs> hey you know it's it's just basic evolution i think listen my great grandmothers like you know they were stocky you know they had yeah. they were zavtic i don't know how to explain it well and what about you, the men the men i mean they all kind of look say, alike in your in your your people <laughs> I know they do sorry let's just say when i saw that picture of my grandmother's grandparents in eastern europe i was like I'm definitely Jewish. Like, there's just no, <laughs> there's no option here. Um, they just, yeah. My grandma was like, like, this is a very offensive question. Go um, for it. And possibly racist, too. Uh, and maybe Perfect. even anti-Semitic. Uh, so it's really the trifecta. That's great. 
do you guys ever like confuse each other? Because <laughs> like the men. Wow. No, I mean, not you don't see like Moshe and and think it's like Yossel or something. <laughs> um, no, I think okay, like but, but, all but they, in groups. You dress like people dress similarly. It's not like yeah. like oh, that's not how Yossel like that. He, he would never wear that jacket. Yeah, but, like, all in-groups have a way of, like, differentiating people. I mean, there are certain ethnic groups that I look at, and I'm like, I don't know if I could tell anyone apart. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that's how people feel about our community, but I don't think that happens Yeah, well, sometimes I'll, you know, but you're right. Sometimes I'll I'll even watch a show, and, you know, there'll be, like, a a lot of, like, you know, cute white girls. Yeah, and I'll have a hard time being like, wait, which, who is this one again? Yeah, yeah. I think right. It's true. Thing. I mean, it's there. there's some science behind it, like how people recognize other races and ethnicities. And but no, I don't confuse people. Oh, well, I, I, I'd like to apologize. I'll, <laughs> you do I'll, not have I'll to. do better. You'll do I better. Promise, I promise to do better. Uh, so but how um, how was your week? You were I saw you were traveling. Yes, we my week. My week was hectic. Started off with the big Shabbat last week, had a wedding on Sunday, which Jeez. I, I you I people have, always have weddings. <laughs> I know, I know. Could be fun. Um, a beautiful wedding and then went to Florida for a few days for a work oh. conference. Um, and now I'm back and ready. Oh, for for, that was for a work conference. Where yeah, in Florida? Our first, we were in Fort Lauderdale, our first okay. um, in person uh, work conference, and it was it was great. It was and, great. Uh, how how are the Jews? Uh, <laughs> the Jews are struggling to figure out how to proceed after the pandemic, and you know how to make our have they Judaism gone from three relevant. masks to two. Not quite. Okay. <laughs> not, not quite. I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, I was a little uh, COVID cautious over there, in Flo- which is hilarious to be in Florida, which no one cares about COVID yeah. at all, but to be at a conference where they very much did care about COVID. So yeah, it was a little, you know, it was a little confusing, but I w- got really nice time. I went to the beach, got a little sunburnt. Um and just really relaxed and got to catch up with some cool friends. And it was fun. It was great. Oh, Everybody should am, have that um, opportunity. I was here in the snow uh, in New York City. Oh, poor you. Which I'm sure you missed. <laughs> uh, you miss very much. Um, honestly, but hey, you know, at least it's New York. Honestly, I would take snow over the weather in Florida. I cannot really? stand. Why? Oh, my God. The humidity. Ugh. Oh, humidity. Yeah. Ugh. You walk out of the airport, I was like sweating before I even, the door didn't even close behind me and I was dripping sweat. It's just gross. Yeah. No, not my style. Gross. I'm very spoiled Californian where we have <laughs> pretty much the perfect weather. Yeah, I didn't, because re- I moved from, because L- I, uh, I lived in LA. I don't know if I mentioned this to our listeners, but yeah. I moved from Israel to LA. So I was always, I, I, weather was just like, you know, I was a, I was a, f- a fish in water. Like it was always yeah. nice. Yeah. So Israel gets really hot, but. Um, only when I moved to Boston and to New York, I realized why people talk about the weather all the time right. in LA, because it really is rare <laughs> right. to have like a nice, just a night, that one nice day. But right now yeah. in New York, we're experiencing what, what we call full spring. Oh so yeah. It yeah. feels like spring and you take, you know, you start like putting away all your sweaters and everything, and then it's going to hit us back for, <laughs> I know. for a couple of weeks. You know that you change the clocks this week. Don't forget. Oh, yeah! It's, it's uh, time to move ahead an hour. 
Wow. I don't I don't think I've ever this is another sign that you're getting old. Like I don't think I've ever reacted with this much excitement. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> I, no, well, I don't like I, this. I, I need light in oh. my life. I'm like a plant. Um Yeah, I mean, I get that, but it's gonna be a tough week. It's hard. It's the time this is the switch that's harder in the morning. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going anywhere. For so. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's funny because I was, you know how Facebook gives you like your memories of like eight uh, years I've ago. I've disabled that. Oh, I, you... I actively went in to disable it. <laughs> I love it. Oh. It's so funny to me. It in feel fact, so old. I was reading my memories from two years ago. I was so cringy. Do you know what I was writing? Like as quarantine was starting. <laughs> this is two years ago, uh, not this 20 is... <laughs> years ago. <laughs> my first tweet, my first Facebook status as like, COVID is like starting. I'm like, can someone please let Brad Pitt know that he can quarantine in my house? That, that was well, that is cringy because Brad Pitt, that's like, what is this, like 2003? <laughs> this was 2020. Brad Pitt is 73 years old now. I, I don't Tyler. care. I don't care. Although I did see, I did see a trailer because I was at the movie theater uh this weekend and I saw a trailer for a movie with Brad Pitt, and I can confirm he's still hot. Oh, he he's perfect. He's hotter now, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I, I don't. Well, think he also he was... went through stages. Like, you know, obviously, there's Legends of the Fall, which yeah, is well, that's, that's peak. Yeah. That's peak Brad Pitt. You know, that is like Montana tourism's uh, number one, you know, <laughs> source of referrals. Oh. <laughs> oh. Literally, when I saw that movie, I'm like, I'm moving to Montana, living on a ranch, and I'm gonna be, you know, a cowgirl with a cowboy husband. Are there? Any a very realistic. No. Oh, oh no! There's a guy who who who. who this Texas Kinky Friedman, the guy who ran for governor or something. Oh my god, that's his name. Kinky. Yeah, I dated a guy from Texas once, not at all Jewish, and his father gave me the book by Kinky Friedman, which was uh, somebody would say it was offensive, but I thought it was the sweetest thing ever. That really he'd be like, oh, this guy, my you know, my son has a Jewish girlfriend. I'm gonna give her this book by this <laughs> Jewish Texan because <laughs> Texans like also have like w- when we visited Israel, he said. Um, he's like, I've never met a people who had pride like Texans have pride. Yeah, that's true. In their, in their, where they're from. I have to ask my friend Suzanne, because she lives there and she moved from here, from Southern California. I have to ask, I always meant to ask her about what it's like living in Texas. But um, I like there's Texas. A, but then there's Texas yeah. and, you know, like Texas, parts of Texas, like, I'm sorry, Houston, Dallas, it's like one giant strip mall. Oh, it really? It really is. I've just never like, been there. But, you know. If you go outside and like those little towns and listen to country music and then, you know, that yeah. whole area where I visited like Wyoming and Idaho is a little more, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously not Texas, but it's also got the, the cowboy, uh, you know. Theme. I went to a, a rodeo once in Wyoming. You did? Yes. How was it? I was driving I in the summer of 2000. Um, I went with four friends. We drove from New York to California over a three week period. And we were doing this kind of as tourists, but also, uh, (laughs) this is funny. We were doing this, uh, we would stop along the way at all the Chabad camps, day camps, like in the different cities that we were passing. And And do a secret inspection, like a surprise inspection? (laughs) Kind of, no. But we would do this like session, this like deep, meaningful session with the counselors to give them some like you know, time to like do introspection and like think about themselves. And I don't know, like, and did they request this or did you just well, show up? <laughs> <laughs> and 
were like, now that I'm telling like, this story, I'm like, why did we do that? <laughs> but I'm now I'm remembering that I think we did it because the, it paid for our van that we rented. Okay. And so we like ended up, so we stopped. I think we went to like 13 camps along the way. And we um, went to high camps. Oh, yeah, wait, high ex- is, exactly. high is 18. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah. No, but we, it was pretty, it was a pretty epic summer and um, we had a lot of fun. And the girls I went with, who I, I adore, absolutely adore, they are so fun. And, but they were extremely religious. I was like the least religious by far. And I'm pretty religious, right? So, <laughs> I was going to say, how religious was, were these girls? They were very religious. And they were all like a couple of years older than me. I was 20. They were like maybe 23 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they really wanted to get married. And so they spent a lot of time on the trip, like doing all of these Kabbalistic like things so to help them find a shidduch to find a match. I, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say they they're going to kill time me trying to meet boys, but what did <laughs> no. they light? Light like incense? No, like what are Kabbalistic were like, things? They would they were doing things like reading Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs, the book, the Megillah. Uh, they were reading that every day. They were pr- doing a lot of like prayer type of stuff. Oh, and, um, did it work? and learning. Yes, every uh, yeah, pretty oh, much. Well, maybe that's um, why I'm not married. I never. Read you're not doing any of those feeling. things. Yeah, you're right. But meanwhile, I would be. It was a we had a van, and I, I wonder if they would remember this the same way. But like, I remember sitting in the back row by myself, reading People magazine and listening <laughs> to my headphones while they were doing Song of Songs every day. What like, was hot at the loud. time? People magazine. Oh my then. gosh, this was the summer of two thousand. So I don't know wow. what was going on. It was then. like Paris and Nicole. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, now, a lot of like people, friends, friends, friends stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you showed up to a rodeo in Wyoming. How do people react when they saw it you? It was weird. Did they it think was you were so Mennonites? And probably <laughs> we looked like it. It was like long jean skirts in those days, you know, with like oh. yeah. It was such Had a good time. Wow. Yeah, I've um. I, I was at a rodeo in Wyoming too, and actually yeah. the world's uh, um, at Cody, Wyoming, which is the capital of rodeos, where they only wow. place in the world where they have rodeos three three hundred sixty five days a year. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, and it was uh, it was quite lovely. The only reason I went there, I mean, I went to Wyoming, but the reason I went to Cody, and it was also my birthday. Um, was because I wanted because Kanye West had just moved there and I wanted to go have dinner at a place where he was sighted. Oh my god. Um, which is really funny because Cody Wyoming is like the whitest you most, were like stalking Kanye West I was in Wyoming. Kanye West. And you this know what? This is a great story. I think I saw North. You do? I, I think so because like I said, this it's the whitest <laughs> town. And so I you saw a, one I, black child and decided that that was with a Kanye's daughter be, being held by a very strong like white man which i imagine <laughs> was the bodyguard the story is getting better and better um, oh my god and yeah. it was wonderful and maybe I that asked, was just a regular kid who that and that was her dad you're so racist i'm sorry um if you've made it this far in the podcast <laughs> no, you've, I'm just you've probably heard worse but i i mean i just i really did want to see kanye yeah, I mean, would you uh, talk to him? He's kind of scary to talk to. Are you to. kidding me? I would. I already had planned what I would say to him. Too. Oh, really? Yeah, I was gonna be like, "It's my birthday." Oh, I thought you were uh, gonna be like, "Will you marry me?" <laughs> no, no. Um, you know how I'm, like uh, some crazy is kind of attractive, but like his crazy is just that's a. It seems like a lot. 
Well, there's a crazy attractiveness uh, graph from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, really? You know or is it is no. it hot, hot, crazy? Like the the it's like a, a chart. Yeah, no, I've never up. seen that. Yeah, I don't know. He's I, a bit much. Like Alec Baldwin, ew. Ew. No. But Alec Baldwin, ooh, for many reasons. Yeah, many reasons. Um, but Kanye, I mean, I just I just think he's he's brilliant. I like his his music and I've, you know, been listening to it for for a very, very long time. So I feel like we I feel like he'd be happy to meet me. Yeah, he would be thrilled. Maybe we should try to get him as a guest on the pod. Oh, we should. Yeah, that but would he, help. He, boost we our were numbers. just talking before we started. We we're like, we should just email a bunch of people, a bunch of really famous people. And like one of them is going to be like, sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, not going to be Kanye, but we can it's try. It's probably not going to be Kanye, but <laughs> we should advertise. So we, we should. should tell people that Kanye is coming on. Oh, that because, would be great. That you would know, be great. I mean, he might. Who knows? He also, might. he might. He might. Maybe he'll go through like a whole Judaism thing phase. That would be cool. He's, a, he's pretty religious. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, super like, religious. Christian. Yeah, he's super religious. I want to just one last point on that trip I did across country that I just want to put like a a point on yeah the best part of that trip was that we had no none of us had cell phones and there were no like there was no internet like that was useful at the time i mean there was mm-hmm. a little bit of an internet but like not nothing useful and we planned the whole trip you know in advance everywhere we were going to stay we went to AAA and got the maps etc cetera, etc cetera. and like i have this like sadness in me that my kids will never experience that you know Aww. i felt like i mean i was like lewis and clark Except in a van, <laughs> but and Jewish, and going the other way. <laughs> but like you know, with no help, like no ways, and no Google, and no like anything. We just literally got in the car and drove. And was we your entire people, van? I can imagine your entire van just being pages upon pages of MapQuest. It was. No, there wasn't even MapQuest. We didn't even have MapQuest. We only had, wow. we had real like trip ticks or whatever those things are called from AAA. And we would stop and ask people for directions. Like that's what you did. You pulled into a gas station or to a whatever, or pulled people on the side of the road. And I'll never forget this. I'll tell one little story because this is probably so boring. But um, <laughs> I remember being in the capital of Iowa in, I think it's Des Moines, right? Yeah, Des Moines, Iowa, mm. at the Capitol. And it's b- absolutely beautiful building. But we had to get to like a grocery store or whatever. So we asked a woman who was getting into her car. We're like, oh, can you tell us where the local... She's like, oh, we'll, I'll drive you there. Just follow Aww. me. I'm like, what? And it was so... Because fr- I was like LA, New York. Like no one was nice there. Nobody yeah. would do that for you. And she drove us to a grocery store and then just like waved and left, you know? Now, was your van marked? Was it like a Jew, a, a mitzvah tank? <laughs> it was, was a it? mitzvah tank. No. No. <laughs> it, there wasn't any any Jewish insignia Talking about it. that, by the way, you should get ready because in about a month, there's going to be a massive, in, in exactly a month, pretty much, there's mm-hmm. going to be a massive mitzvah tank parade in New York. Really? Because, yes, because in a month from now um, is what the Rebbe's. It's the Rebbe's one hundred and twentieth birthday. Wow! And every he year looks on his great for hundred and twenty. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, oh, that's the wow. red line. I'm sorry. <laughs> we literally um, talked about the Holocaust every single episode, <laughs> but that's the one thing I can't make fun of. Uh, okay. I, I'm uncomfortable right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Rebbe passed away. For those of you who don't know, Rebbe passed away in 1994. But obviously, we still 
um, commemorate his birthday, and it's going to be his 120th birthday. He was born. Is there in a 19- new rabbi in 1902? No, there is not. There, it doesn't go by son. Like he doesn't have a son that so married a he, that married Rebbe, a random actress and moved to he, L.A. Oh my God, the Rebbe did not have any children, unfortunately. Um, him and his wife. Well, I don't. I don't know why God oh. didn't give them children. Um, so he was. His wife was the daughter of the previous Rebbe. And, okay. and then, so, and that's it. So there's so no. So that is like a lineage. No, like yeah, a, it, it it goes like, I mean, it, it yeah, kind of. Son-in-law, father, son-in-law. How did he come to son, be like, the, it, was it like when he was like four, they no. discovered that he's like a genius? No? no, he was the son-in-law. He didn't become Rebbe until he was, well, he was born in 1902. He became Rebbe in 1951, so. Is it kind of like the Pope? No. What? I don't know. It's not like the Pope. It's not like I mean, select. He's not like selected. And then I mean, not really. When the previous Rebbe passed away, he like there was kind of a transition year where they were, you know, everyone kind of knew that the Rebbe was going to take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a little bit of like a very small little like political issue with like a brother-in-law who was older mm. um, that the Rebbe was kind it of sounds like the royal family. I mean, a little bit, yeah. He was trying to be sensitive to that older brother-in-law, but, I mean, everybody understood that the Rebbe was going to be the new Rebbe. So it was. It took a year, I think, exactly a year, a year after the previous Rebbe passed away, he uh, assumed leadership of Chabad. What's his full name? Uh, like, what do they call him? M- what do you mean? His name I mean, was Menachem Mendel Schneerson? That's the Menachem name. Mendel Schneerson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you coming to the parade? I am not, but a couple of my sons might be flying in. I'm not sure yet. Is it going to be a ticker tape parade? It's going to be a mitzvah tank parade. So you're going to see all the mitzvah tanks. Is it going to be in New York or is it going to be in Brooklyn or Manhattan? I believe they drive through both boroughs. I'm not sure, actually. Okay. Um, But yeah, there's going to be a lot of them that day. It's, I would come in, but it's a little, it's like a couple of days before pa- uh, Pesach, Passover. So mm. not going to do it. Um, well, you should come in to celebrate a holiday with me. I, I think should. it's a mitzvah for you because otherwise I probably wouldn't. We have Purim a holiday this week. week. Yeah, this yeah. week is Purim on uh, Wednesday night and Thursday is the Do you have your costume? Uh, <laughs> my costume. Yeah. My weird wig. Is, that, is that what you're? I hate dressing up. Yeah, I don't like dressing up. Either. It's like always seems like a good idea. Then you're like sweating and it's not doesn't fit right and you're just uncomfortable. I don't know. What date is it? It's a Wednesday night and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. Actually, so Purim what- and St. Patrick's Day are on the same day this year. Hey. Yeah. So what should I be doing? As, wow. As somebody who, who isn't drinking right now, I feel <laughs> like, a, I know. you know, I feel like I'm disappointing God. Well, by- there's still plenty of Purim stuff you can do. You have to hear, listen to the Megillah being read. Um, we do that twice, mm. once I'm at gonna night. I'm going to do my, my Sam Harris. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to send a group of Chabad kids to your apartment to read it for you. Okay. So don't They'll worry. They'll have to climb up five flights of stairs. That's fine. So. They will do whatever it takes to read They're the Megillah children. to you. Can they bring me candy? And yes, stuff? they will bring like you get mishloch like manot, gifts of food. But you have to give someone mishloch manot, so... You do that also. I, as a kid in school, we would always exchange those, and yeah. I would always get like the crappy one. Well, that's sad. Make a good one and give it to someone, and hope that you get one in return. Who do I give it to? People go nuts over this in the in the Orthodox world. You cannot imagine what this has become. 
Like when I was a kid, you t- you had a paper plate, you put an orange yeah. and a nuts and a, I don't know, maybe a and candy. A and, How do you say Lashan in, in uh, English? Like a, uh, a, a grogger? A grogger. The thing that makes noise. Yeah, it's called a grogger. Okay, a grogger. And yeah. like three pieces of, of, of toffee hum- yes, that are exactly. like made in China. Yeah, and um, you would wrap it up and that was it. Today, oh my goodness, people spend tons of money. Everyone has a theme. Their whole Mishloch Manot is like a theme thing that matches their costume. It's it's a whole deal. Wait, so who do you... Is it like like holiday gifts? Do you just send them to everyone you like? Yeah, kind of. I mean, oh there's something... God. Like, it depends on the community, but like, many communities do a perm shuttle. So, like, for example, like, I want to send all my kids teachers, right? So, mm-hmm. like, the schools have a shuttle where you pay like $5 a name and they put your name on like these bigger gift baskets. Okay. So, inst- do you understand? Like, so that you don't have to make yeah. as many. Um, and like in our God, community, I, I live for Jewish workarounds. <laughs> I just I, I live for loopholes. Like I know. That. I mean, when I was a kid, we my parents would make for everyone in the community, and we would make for all our friends. But now it's already like people had enough of it. I think so. They make they do these shuttles, but I still make for friends. I mean, it's fun. Is there drama? Like, are you like, oh my God, Rifki um, didn't give me. Yeah, there's some of that. I mean, or, not much, you know, but yeah, of course. Chayale gave yeah. us one, <laughs> but the, the crappiest one. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a little savvy to like, you know, sometimes people bring you that you didn't plan on giving. So you have to like quickly go in the kitchen and without them seeing, <laughs> create a basket really quick and like, you know, make sure that you don't re-gift this thing that they gave oh you to God. them. And wait, there's wait, a little bit of that. What I have in my in my apartment right now. That yeah. If that, what do you just have? in case that happens, I want to prepare. <laughs> um, I have some Hershey's Kisses. Yeah. I have honey. I have some, no. you know, I could I can give some like hard-boiled eggs maybe. Um, you know, That's, a, a, ball, a ball of hot sauce. I would cry if I got your <laughs> shelf minus. I would cry. <laughs> you don't like hard boiled eggs? <laughs> no. That's disgusting. Wait, are Hershey's Kisses kosher? Well, oh boy, that is a tough question you're asking me because that is a complicated answer. It's yes, yes, okay. they are kosher, but we don't eat them. So why? They are not Chalav Yisrael which is um, another level of kosher that um, most, if not all, Hasidim keep, especially. Huh. I mean, Chabad is very, very careful about this. So um, most like OUD products or almost all OUD products, anything with a dairy sign mm-hmm. um, has to have another layer of supervision. Um, so we don't They also eat that taste stuff. like puke. Just so they you know. do? They do, and I always oh. thought it was me. And then I read somewhere that uh, people who don't grow up eating Hershey's notice that it has like, like it tastes like puke, and it has like an enzyme in it or something that's I, the same one that's in bile. What? And I can't believe you're telling me this. This I, is the best I, news I've heard all year. <laughs> I have been jealous my whole life of Hershey Kisses. Like I've di- I want to eat them every every time I, well, I'm in the aisle of the grocery store. I'm like salivating over them. I like the regular. I like the flavored ones, but the regular ones are kind of like really. Gross. Do you what? Are you allowed to eat Reese's peanut butter cups? No, none <gasps> of those things. Wow, I really. You know what? I yeah, you think I'd be you. skinny if I didn't I, eat those? Somehow it doesn't work out. Yeah. Pray for you that when you get to heaven. <laughs> well, we have versions. Get a mishloach manot full of, <laughs> of Reese's. Of Reese's. We have like Hall of Yisrael versions of many of these things. I just don't yeah. know if they taste like the originals. 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, like all the kosher brands make, you know, like their knockoff version of these chocolate I feel like things. that should be like a Planet Planet Money episode or an NPR episode. <laughs> I know. About like it's Jewish true. knockoffs of, it's you know. True. And there's probably one that's like become more popular than the original. Yeah. It's complicated. Like I just want to say one thing just because like I should put on my educator's hat for a second. But like there are very, <laughs> very orthodox religious people who do not keep Chalav Yisrael and eat things like Hershey's. And they are absolutely 100% keeping kosher. It's not, uh, it's not like we're saying that that other stuff isn't kosher. It's just, there's like some spiritual reasons not to get into all of it, but like, um, there's just a lot of like esoteric reasons why we keep Chalav Yisrael and kind of whatever. So I, I just want to make that point. It's not like about being more kosher or less kosher. I love it. I mean, you, yeah. you guys, you guys were like ahead of the curve because now everybody's like doing keto and low carb and this <laughs> and that. And everybody has whole 30, like they all have, yeah. it's like keeping kosher. They yeah, all have their but, own, like, I can have this, but it has, like, two grams of fat, and I'm only allowed to have one gram of fat. Yeah. <laughs> I wish kosher was also diet, like, a diet-friendly thing. Um, unfortunately, it's not, so yeah. still have to struggle. Well, maybe you can petition to change that. <sighs> or, like, you do, just... you know, can incorporate, you know, uh, intermittent fasting into, <sighs> into kosherness. I, like, traveling this week was so hard, and I did not do well on my diet, and, like, I'm going to have to lie on Monday when I meet with my nutritionist again. <laughs> and what are you going to so tell stressful. him? Let's, let's, I'll help you practice. I really what hope do you... he does not listen to this podcast. Um, I doubt he does. But, um, you is know, yes, he is. He's Jewish. Okay. And he's great. And I learn a lot from him. And if I could just be a different person, I would already have lost, you know, a significant amount of weight uh, yeah. because he is great and he's super helpful, but I'm me and I just have a problem. So well, um, I'm no, I'm no Rebbe, but <laughs> I, I give you permission to lie. To <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, you have to do it subtly. You can't be like, Oh, I lost six pounds this week. Cause he can well, see it's me. Not a lie you know, if you believe it, you know? So <laughs> the if you problem is, yeah, if I yourself <laughs> that you, cause weight is really internal. So I identify, like I identify as someone who lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I just as a skinny bitch. I just am not. But like, yeah. yeah, we'll have to see what happens this week. I'm not sure well, what I'll say. I, I will see you however you'd like to be seen. <laughs> Thank you. Kyle there. Oh my, God. Um, my poor nutritionist. Anyway. I'm not a big, I have to say though, I'm not, hamantashen or it's, it's not like, it's not my, it's not your fave. My go-to, no. It's not the greatest cookie. Like, I don't no, know. It's... First of all, like, let, let's talk about, um about what's it called? Um, What's it called? The black things. Sesame, Poppy seed? Poppy. Poppies are like the poor man's chocolate. Ugh. Like why, like why? Sorry to why throw my chocolate? husband under the bus right now because I try mm -hmm. not to talk about him on this podcast so that he won't be mad at me, but he loves poppy and actually it's great because like people can buy him poppy danishes. I'll never touch it. I will eat it's poppy gross. combined with chocolate, you know, no, it's, it's, I, I can work it. with it. But I read an, okay. I read an article. Okay. In our favorite media. Hey, Reason? Alma. Hey, Alma. Oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same heavy hitting journalism that yeah. goes into Reason Magazine that we actually oh, live goes into okay. Hey, Alma. And it was all about the shape of hamantaschen and actually my sister-in-law not going to say which one but she know if she's listening she'll know what 
when I luckily you have shout like 300 out. sisters. I know <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, sent it to me. And basically the argument in this article that the writer, the journalist or whatever she is, is trying to make is that the shape we were always taught as kids that the Hamantashen are shaped as a triangle to represent um, Haman's hat that he wore. Oh, I thought it was Haman's ear. Well, I'm getting to that because for, in okay. America, we're told that it's Haman's hat. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't know where that fantasy came from. Like what? He wore like a, he a pirate? Hat. Did I don't, he wear like yeah, a pirate exactly. triangle hat? Okay. <laughs> like a pilgrim weird hat. I don't know. Okay. Then, But in Israel, they call them Ozne Haman yeah, because yeah. they represent the ear of Haman. Yeah. And but the black like, stuff makes it makes it even more gross. Right. Then, and yeah. right. So this author is like, I mean, I don't know why we felt for that because whose ear is a triangle? So she did some research and found like some scholarly paper that basically is arguing that the Hamantash is actually a representation of women's fertility. And um, it is a representation of, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be my, scientific about this, but like the lady parts. And my jaw is dropping. I know. I'm sorry to ruin Hamantashen for a lot of people right no, now. No, because, because the thing is like this, the, now now the seeds, the poppy seeds. Exactly. Exactly. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. I have, a, I have a follow-up question. I have a follow-up question. Go for it. Is, is, um, is this article like from like, you know, some women's study in Brown at like 2014? Or is this like from the Talmud? Like who... This is- who was who was came up with this, this argument? Is fr- the, your first part. This is not from the Talmud, but this okay, is okay, from. Okay. Um, but Hamantashen are not in the Talmud, so I, I wouldn't. Know. I don't yeah. as if I would know what's in the Talmud. I know. I was reading a real. Oh, um, one of the. I can't even remember where I read it now, but there are people who are annoyed about Hamantashen um, because it's like a very German Ashkenazi like cookie, but like the story of Purim happened in Persia. And like in the Middle East. And so we should be eating like what the Persians eat on yeah. Purim. And so there's a bit of like a Ashkenormative, you know, <laughs> Ashkenormative, Ashkenormative uh, you know, stealing of like what is should be the traditional Purim cookie. So, wow. So if you well, would like, you should look up a recipe for Persian Purim cookies and make those. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely not eat any more hamantaschen ever again. <laughs> Now that you told me this story. I'm just saying it makes a lot more sense than Haman's ear. Wow. Like, do you agree? I mean, that it's it's not I mean, his it, ear. It, yeah, it does. It's not an ear. It's not a hat. I mean, what else exactly. is shaped like a triangle? Exactly. Well, it's not a slice of pizza, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I wish pizza was what we ate. Oh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I just love, like, um, like, pizza. I once went to a house and they ordered kosher pizza. And get this, listeners, because this is like a trigger warning here. <laughs> the pizza didn't have any cheese on it. <laughs> it was like like a flat dough with tomato sauce. Why? Why? I mean, and, and then you wonder why there's like anti-Semitism. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? I, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but one of the best things in the world to eat, like really, like it is so delicious, is the stuffed crust pizza at um, Nagila Pizza in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It is so fat. It's probably like 7,000 calories a slice. But could you imagine that they took a regular pizza, which is already delicious, right? Like <laughs> what's wrong with dough and sauce and cheese, right? It's so delicious. Then they're like, let's make it more delicious. So they take the crust and they put these like mushrooms and cheese and I don't know what oh my inside the thick crust. And now you have like 
two delicious things connected, I can't get it. Genius. That person deserves a prize. Yeah. I, I kind of want to say Pizza Hut did it first, but whoever thought of it, I'm just saying, I don't thought know who of it was. Is, is brilliant. Uh, well, now you're just making me hungry, but I guess so. Hamantashen are out, and I have to look up like a, a, a non Ashka normative. I love that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's a real phrase to eat on Purim. And for for our um, non-Jewish listeners, (laughs) all three of them, uh, we will um, because we did speak we did talk about Purim a few episodes ago. So we'll we'll cut that out and and post it um, somewhere for people to enjoy. Uh, If you want to hear me retell the story um, of Purim and you don't even have to read the Megillah after you hear me tell it because. Exactly. um, I like my version better. Your version is so wrong, but okay. well, you know, it's, it mu- it's one person's truth is another person's. In 2022, uh, any information is misinformation and it all works and no one cares. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about today? I wanted, I, I really just wanted to take a minute, not to be mushy or whatever, but really to thank our listeners because I've been getting a lot of good feedback and it just means a lot. Like, you know, our family support and our friends and our colleagues and my students. And it's just like really rewarding to hear from people who are like, I really love your podcast and it means so much to me. And I don't know. I mean, we don't really know what we're doing. We're just shooting the shit when, you know, and and trying to record stuff. But um, when we hear from you, it just gives us like, you know, the drive to keep doing it and yeah, hopefully it's really, it really something. is special. I mean, first of all, it's yeah. the only thing I want to do ever. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> and it is like, I, I don't know if I said this in the previous episode and I apologize if I did, but I'm like, Oh, this, this must be what it's like to grow up like and having like a lot of self-esteem because people keep telling us how awesome we are. And we're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. We're I'm so sure awesome. And that's the energy we bring to. Record I'm this sure there are plenty of people out there who are like, these bitches should be quiet, but they're not telling us. So that's fine. You know what? They're we'll all take the good stuff. A, yeah, exactly. And B, um, you know, that's how we know we've made it when we have haters. Yeah. Like I, I, was, I will the day we true. have like a like a Jezebel article about how like these two Jewish women are sending Jewish women back two hundred years. Yeah. Um, that's when we know we've made we've made it. That's true. That's true. But we, we did want to talk. I mean, we're we're coming up to the end here, but maybe we can talk about next week uh, about. I, I did want to wish you a happy Women's History Month. Um, Oh, and then we can talk about all of our backwards views. Because <laughs> despite <laughs> me being secular and you being uh, orthodox, we both have pretty backwards views about women. Yeah. Um, we could talk about but, it now if you'd like. Um, uh, one of the we things... Could, yeah, we could talk about... Actually, yeah. Why am I like, we need to wrap it up? Nobody, like, we're not being charged <laughs> by the minute here. Nobody well, cares how long we go. You can always stop this podcast. I'm going to say something later. a little bit controversial. And um, I don't Something's know. I apologize in advance. No, Um, actually, this time it is not. Um, The women's department at the university, the women and gender studies department at the university that I work at um, sent out their like list of events for Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And they've made the choice to write every word. Every time the word women is written, there's an X in it. It's spelled W-O-M-X-N. Um, and that is obviously, I think it's to be inclusive of anyone who of I, what of I, people who I, don't know I'm how to not spell. Sure. I don't know, but 
looking at that, I was just kind of upset and like, I don't know. It's just mind boggling to me, but yeah, they're not spelling um, women with an O anymore. Yeah. Or I a. think people Wait. keep or e. catering to like these invisible audiences. Yeah. I think um, so. Where I don't think there's a demand for anybody to spell women with an X. I don't think any yeah. woman should feel excluded, whatever right. way, shape or form you, you call you, you, you see your womanhood. Exactly. Um, if you're if you're a, a, a you know a trans woman, you should feel included by the word woman. Right. Like I hundred percent agree. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. But I think a lot of it just you know that's a whole different topic know, to talk different about. Topic. Like people people kind of catering to invisible yeah, audiences or signal. trying to solve problems that don't exist. But I also mm-hmm. I always felt like in Israel we didn't have any of this women crap. Um, like we don't have women's this, this and women day and women history. And I don't know, I always felt uncomfortable with it just because I never felt the need to be reminded that I am worthy. Right. Um, and I, I've one, I remember one time going to the, uh, the, I mean, I did not go to the Women's March, which a lot of my girlfriends were like horrified that I didn't go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember seeing a little girl in the Women's March, cause it was right by my house, a little girl. And she to just come back from the March and her parents are obviously bought her the shirt cause she's not like buying shirts. And it said, I can do anything. And it really, um, rubbed me the wrong way. And I couldn't really quite put my finger on yeah. why. Because I was like, why would I be annoyed by a girl wearing a shirt that says I can do anything? And I've thought about it since. And, and I come to the conclusion that y- you're, you're implying that somebody is telling you you can't. You're implying that you need to kind yeah. of carry that flag. And I, I don't know. I just I never I, I, I never felt the need to carry that flag. And, and I've always worked in very male dominant environments. And I've had my fair share of, of problems with people, but I can't, you know, I mean, I, I never felt that people weren't taking me seriously because yeah. I'm a woman. They weren't taking me seriously because I was an idiot or because I was, <laughs> you know, obnoxious. It's um, interesting because, you know, I come from a community where women can't do ed- everything, you know, yeah. so um, I have a kind of different feeling about that t-shirt, right? And like that idea that I can do anything because in our community, like it's very um, gender, uh, specific, I guess, in like our roles within the community, um, more annoyed, more like in the public. I mean, obviously more in the public sphere, right? Like as a community, not in the home at all. Um, mm-hmm. in the home, I, you know, women are definitely the more, uh, are the driver, the driver of the family, etc. Um, do but I do get, you annoyed? get annoyed by it? Like, um, I, you know, I've come to a place, I, listen, I, I, first of all, I want to just not to do a throat clear, but like, I, I don't want to speak for all Orthodox women because there's a variety of feelings on this idea of like feminism and, you know, the role of women in the community. And I have friends on either side. I personally have been on all the sides, right? Like <laughs> I went through my stage where, you know, I wanted to be a rabbi and it was really frustrating that I couldn't. And, you know, the patriarchy was like really something that I was angry about and cared about. Um, and I, I definitely went through that and I have friends who feel very strongly about it and can't get past that. And so therefore like, don't want to be part of the community and people like, I, I understand that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but where I've kind of landed on this is like, 
it's okay for, I, I just believe that there are different versions of feminism. There's not one definition. And the women in my community who appreciate, you know, the, the way our community is, they believe themselves to be feminists. They just understand it to be something completely different than what feminism is like, you know, in the broader c- culture. Right. Does that make Are there, sense? Has there been changes in like the woman's role in your community and like um, over the years, like things that weren't allowed and then are now allowed? It's hard. Yes and no. I mean, no, women are still not rabbis. Women are still not, you know, making legal decisions. And, you know, no, none of that. That's still not happening. Women are still not counted in a minion and women are not reading the Torah. But um, women are a huge part of the community. I mean, it, it's it, every Chabad house, every Chabad, you know, shul or whatever is run by the rabbi and the Rebbitzin. I mean, the rabbis mm-hmm. can't do it without their wives. The wives, in a way, are doing a lot more and they're a couple. It's not just the rabbi who's the leader of the community. The women are a- amazing leaders and actually doing a lot more in some sense than the men and the women are, are educated and they're, you know, they run their families, they run their communities their schools, they're, they're, you know, in, interacting with all different kinds of people within the community. They're teaching their educators, like they're doing a lot. But again, like if you're going to come into this and with your, not you, I'm saying, but like with the, with the definition of feminism that like the regular world uses, then you're going to look at this yeah. and say, oh, that's pathetic, right? Like, are they, but that's and, not and what they is, feel. This is maybe a strange question, but no. And, and I know it's, it's a, you know, a generalization. So just ask, answer from your experience. Are sure. they taken seriously in, so let's say like, forget the the whole like can't you know people shomel nagia or don't want to talk to a woman or see a woman but let's say somebody right. like you would they consider going to a female accountant or a female architect or something like that or would they say would, do they actually have like an inherent belief that it's not like the woman's no. role should be a support no absolutely not I mean, they go to women doctors, dentists. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. Women are. So it's just in the tra- yeah. it's in the tradition, the sense it's, of like the ongoing traditions. Not exactly. because women aren't good enough to exactly, be. exactly. It's only in a religious sense. I mean, there are Orthodox women who are doctors and lawyers, and you know, plenty of. Would profession. an Orthodox man go to a Orthodox woman doctor? Yeah, I mean, if they need it. I mean, if it was a specialist and they need, yeah. it, of course, yeah. I mean, I, maybe there's some who wouldn't. I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, I yeah. don't think. I mean, may, some may be very careful. But about you only have going like that. That's that's clear. That's approved. Yeah, I mean, there's again, like it. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's a spectrum of orthodoxy, and so I would say like Chabad is somewhere in the middle of in this regard. Like yeah, yeah. women are going to more women are going to college. More women are getting degrees and education. You know, to the right of us in the more Hasidic communities and the more Haredi communities. Um, women are are doing other degrees, you know, they're becoming educators and speech therapists and all that kind of stuff at a degree that like, I mean, really at a rate that's astonishing. I mean, so many of them are getting educated, getting an education and it's, it's good, but yeah, well, but, uh, but again, they, like, need to, they don't have, they can't like, they hit the, the, the glass ceiling in Judaism, right? So after <laughs> right. they're like, they're right. not going to go to yeshiva or to, right, exactly, school. exactly. But on the other, on the other side, you know, to the left of, of where I, I am religiously, um, there are women who are going to rabbinical school and getting an Orthodox smicha, like they're becoming rabbis, um, you know, which, how do you feel when you see a, a female rabbi? I've, you know, I, good for them. I mean, if they're 
I'm happy for them. I, I wouldn't like that's not the kind of like community that I live in. And so it wouldn't, you know, it but wouldn't be. But do you be... cringe seeing like a female like doing touching the Torah or I don't know, doing. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, do I? I'm sorry. My I'm glad you turn off your phone for this important <laughs> podcast. Um, do I cringe? Um, that's a tough question. I. In a way, I hate to say it. I, I just feel like said I'm that I get... cringed at a little girl yeah. who thought she can do anything. So. Yeah, I mean, no, because <laughs> I, I, can I, know, I know this is going to be really hard for a lot of my friends and listeners to hear because, like, it's such a big part of their own life and their own experience. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, a little bit, it's it, it does. I mean, I've gotten used to it more. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm used to it now, but there is something in me. Like I just, I listen again, it's how I was raised. Like there are very defined roles for men and women within the Jewish community. And I understand that not everyone wants to follow those lot, you know, those boundaries, but I do. And so it is strange when I see, you know, things like women wearing tefillin or, yeah, yeah but it's, it's not, I think it's, it's okay to cringe and it's okay to, to, dislike if you're not judging or if you're not like like think of a vegetarian for example right right vegetarian will cringe maybe when they see somebody eat meat or they'll be disgusted or they'll be like they shouldn't eat that meat but it's okay as long as you can tell yourself well but that's that person's decision right right i you know we we can't like deny our, our our feelings about things especially if if it's yeah just traditions i also recognize that my experience growing up and my experience you know, as a woman is very different from other people's experience. And maybe they do feel the need to like wear that on their sleeve. Right. I don't know. Um, I mean, I've tried to be more open-minded and like I spent a lot of time, you know, sort of listening to the women of the wall, for example, and trying to like understand where they're coming from. And I do, I really do. I I empathize with them. mm -hmm. Um, Explain women of the wall. for The women of the wall are women who want to have more um autonomy and like the ability like more religious autonomy at the western wall in jerusalem because right Mm -hmm. now it's considered an orthodox synagogue basically it's under an orthodox rabbi and so it's you know the men and women are separate and the women don't have like a torah on their side etc etc so yeah yeah, uh, once a month they gather and they try to you know read the torah and it's always a horrible i mean the response to it is embarrassing and atrocious like violence and all that i i i would take a hundred women wearing tefillin and reading the torah over these little scared men and boys who are like throwing rocks at them like yeah, i'm ashamed yeah. of them I'm, I'm ashamed of those guys yeah. um i'm ashamed that they're on sort of if you want to say side that i'm on but i i would never consider myself an a, a, on their side um so i, I you know Yes, I, I struggle with it. I do. I struggle with it. I don't I don't want to do it. I don't want to wear tefillin. I don't want to wear, read the Torah. It's not my, that's not how I, you know, get pleasure in, in my religious observance. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, if women do, I, I want them to be safe and be able to do it. But I, yeah. yeah, you're right. I do cringe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think now, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm learning more and more over the last few years that this is not related to Judaism. This is more about politics and current affairs is that it's ambivalence is the most, one of the most human things. And the more you know about a subject, the more you might have mixed feelings about it. And maybe ambivalence right. isn't the right word because I think it implies some kind of um, indifference. Right. Um, right. But, it, you know, it is okay to feel strongly about one thing 
uh, but maybe come up with good intellectual reasoning uh, for the other, um, yeah. I, you know, right. And, and right. I get it. Like, you know, if I'm trying to look at it, cause like somebody who doesn't really like, I'm sorry, like I don't really care about the Western wall as, as a, <laughs> like a, I care about, I'm sorry, this right. is the most offensive thing I said, no, but like as I a historical it. artifact, right. but it's not, it doesn't hold a special meaning to me. I'm, I'm trying to look at it from the outside. I'm like, well, you know what? I totally get wanting to preserve this thousands and thousands of years of, of sacred history yeah um, but then also i understand the you know the exclusionary part and and i i spoke my I spoke to my cousin uh the other day and i hope she doesn't mind me calling her out but you don't know which cousin <laughs> right um <laughs> but she she lives here in the u.s so now i guess you do know uh but she wants her son is gonna you know get bar mitzvah in a few years and and she doesn't know if she wants to do it at the wall because she wants to be with him and she wants his sister to be with him. Right. And if he does has his bar mitzvah, which is, you know, at the Western Wall, the rite of passage, thousands and thousands of years of, of history, it also excludes their ability to, yeah. to be together as a family and, and that might make them forego the experience altogether. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a solution to the problem that everyone okay. hates. So yes. I love it. Because if everyone hates it on both sides, <laughs> I feel like it's perfect solution. That's the best. I just don't think the Western Wall should be a synagogue. Like, it wasn't in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's never been that. And I would just make it not a synagogue. Take down the mechitza. Take mm-hmm. down the separation. Don't have davening there. If do it. people want to do their own prayer services, like, they can set up on sides where, you know, like, whatever, do their own thing on the sides. But I, you know, yeah, I mean, I would love to walk up to the wall with my sons and my husband and have a minute, By you the know, way, together. Like, I just, I would prefer real it talk, not to be a shul. Had no idea it was a synagogue. I thought the mechitza was there because mechitza being the, the we need to stop assuming everybody knows what we're talking about. I know. The separation between men and women. Yeah. I thought it was just because it was a holy place. Um, no, it's because it's a prayer. I mean, if, it, you know, if you look at old pictures of the Western Wall, I mean, you'll see before, you know, like before 1948, I mean, or before yeah. 1967, sorry, like you'll see um, pictures of families sitting there and hanging out. And I, yeah, I just, I, mean, I like that. I would rather go to that and ha- and sort of do away with that um, if issue. If you go to the Western Wall now, even if you're not religious, you're not Jewish, you're not anything. Like I said, just historically speaking, touching, you know, these these um, stones that have been there for, I don't know, how many years, Lila? Um, 2000. 2000. A little more. Um, yeah. And, you know, knowing what it what it means to people, it, it's just it, it, it is a spiritual experience, even if you're kind of, you know, very it's, distant from it. Like uh, I am. It is. It is. I, I think I've said this before, but um, seeing the women leaning on the wall crying their hearts out and weeping is just it's a moment of like humanity that you just can't you don't get that anywhere you know it's it's you hear the pain literally flowing out of the women into the wall and I just I think about that wall and how many tears have been shed you know whether people are begging for children or begging to find a soulmate or health a lot of people go there to you know beg about their health and mm-hmm. it's just it's something that i you just can't explain i mean it, it's does it have to be beautiful. a big thing you ask for can you ask for a little thing you can, can ask, ask for, for anything like, do okay the test or something yeah, yeah you can ask for anything can you ask for your enemies to fail yeah can you, you ask can. for like something yeah we pray like for that yeah 
I, I, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I don't mean like in a geopolitical sense. Oh, I mean, like, you mean you know, like I neighbor. want my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> an asshole. I mean, but he's not Jewish, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I, I heard oh. something yesterday. I, maybe we could end on this because we were, we're hitting the hour mark. But um, I heard something yesterday because I attended a wonderful class, um, and one of the te- one of the people who was teaching is um, uh, Doctor Arthur Green. If people know him, um, anyway, he said something that just is sticking in my head so much, and he said. I'm a religious person because of my questions, not because I have the answers. Oh, and I like that. I was like, it really resonated with me because I think people assume that if you're a religious person, it's because you have all the answers in the world. But I mm-hmm. actually think it's the grappling, you know, and and he just said it so well. Art Green just like said it perfectly, like because we have so many questions and we're constantly like asking and turning it over and over in our heads and our minds and our hearts. Like, mm-hmm. why are we here? What is the purpose? What, you know, why was I born? Why do we die? And what are we supposed to do in between? I just, that is what makes somebody a religious person. And it, okay. it's, well, I, it's, it's regardless of like the question, the answers that you get. It's really about I, the question. I see your quote and raise you another quote by a great scholar, <laughs> uh, Matt Welch. Uh, Matt Welch, uh, who, we love him. I think it was Matt, or maybe it was Michael Moynihan, one of them, one of these great uh, Talmudic scholars. Yeah. <laughs> um, who I remember saying in one episode of, of the fifth column about, uh, and it was about political arguments, and they said, uh, I'm not here to win a conversation. Right. And I thought that was very, very profound too. So, you I know, when, when you talk to somebody about different ideas, it's not always about convincing yeah, somebody to come right. to the right conclusion right right um I just love about that. being being more confused but uh, by I, the way hope on, on that I, I note was gonna say <laughs> I, I hope that this by the way this whole episode should be an hour of me and you talking over each other maybe mickey can mix it so that <laughs> we're just talking fine. over each other the whole time but no but please please go first uh, I was just going to say, uh, I know I did a thank you already to our listeners, but I really want to thank our fifth column family. Like they have been oh, our amazing. biggest, biggest fans, our biggest supporters, um, sharing it with everyone. And I just, I love all you guys. Thank you. Now for- we'll know who actually listens to this because I the know. first because the people that will mention say thank you for for calling them out exactly um actually listen to it no but they they have been our our friends our community of yeah. uh, weird political misfits have been yes just incredibly supportive and exactly. wonderful and um exactly. and, and they all come from you know just such different backgrounds and different connections to religion um yeah. a lot of goys mostly yes. pretty goy heavy <laughs> um but they they have been wonderful but i i was going to say that i i hope um I hope that our, you know, people leave this podcast more confused. <laughs> <laughs> more questions than answers. More questions than no. answers. Anyways, thank yes. you. Please share and like and tell your friends and tell your family to listen. And uh, the more listeners yeah. we get, the better. So, yeah. And ask and send us questions it. too. tweet at us or sure. email at palomamedianyc at gmail.com. Um, and just we're on email Twitter. us there because we want because we want our our our. Um, our uh, producer, I don't know what to call her, the place that we, we record from, Nancy Rommelman's house, who is on her way back from Ukraine right now. I know. Uh, we want her that. to think that we're really cool. So just <laughs> e- if you email that, she gets those emails. So exactly. the more questions and stuff you send. And you can find uh, us on Twitter. I'm at, uh, at says CL. What I'm are you? at yeah, LBT. Yeah. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, and we like doing this. So even if we only get like three people to listen, you know, we'll we'll keep we'll keep trucking. Yeah. 
anyway. Uh, and Chag uh, Sameach. By yes. the time this comes up, it will be Purim. So you'll all be shit faced somewhere in a gutter. That's right. Happy God Purim. Intended. Happy Purim, everyone. Happy Purim. Bye, El. Bye.